Hi, um, welcome to another episode of Change Making Women. And this week on the podcast, we're talking with Yulika, who's a parenting educator in New York, um, working with the Cornell Cooperative Extension. And um, I knew Yulika oh, quite a few decades ago when we were um, students together here in London. But um, Yulika and Ziada haven't met, so um, be good, Yulika, if we could uh, introduce Ziada and um, our listeners as well to some, something more about you. Yeah, wonderful. So, <laughs> hi, everybody, and hi, Ziada. So nice to meet you. Nice meeting you, too. Yeah, so um, I'm a parenting educator, as you already shared, and... Um, the way I got to become that is really as parent. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a mom of what I lovingly call my crazy trio. Um, they're not triplets, but three three kids. And really, when I got to a point, uh, there really there was a point where I found myself talking in a way to my children. My youngest had just turned, or it wasn't even two. Mm -hmm. And I found myself um, yelling at my children a whole lot more than I would have cared to admit to anybody. Mm -hmm. I found myself um, frustrated beyond what I thought I could ever be frustrated as. Mm -hmm. And um, really lacking alternative or different kinds of ways to um, being with my children and being able to manage my full-time job and my responsibilities, you know, obviously as a parent, also um, maintaining my relationship with my husband and so forth. And so um, when I kind of really felt there was no way out, I started looking and came across um, a parenting coaching training and thought, oh my God, this is it. Um, mm -hmm. What really inspired or struck me about it was that it was all about peaceful parenting. Mm -hmm. And what I was struggling with so much is that I didn't want to raise my children um, with the, you know, conventional methods or the kind of um, harsh parenting styles that uh, I think it's safe to say many of us grew up with and yet I did not have an alternative model and so that model of peaceful parenting or that kind of parenting style really spoke to me and um, just to to kind of add into that um, I had always wanted to be you know, um, change the world. And mm -hmm. that's what, <laughs> what led me to study at the same place you studied at, at mm -hmm. um, Marianne and where mm -hmm. we met, um, where I really wanted to do something so I could change the world. Mm. And obviously, you know, you become an adult and you kind of realize that, okay, maybe it's not just in my hands, <laughs> but there's a lot of strings with it and so forth. So, and, you know, while I had always done things, um, you know, to really make a big difference and all of the jobs I had before were very much about changing things, you know, ending violence against women and um, providing education for everyone um, is what I was fundraising for. Mm -hmm. This whole new calling of, you know, parenting coaching was like, oh, my God, this is it. 
Mm. because really um, not only would it help me save myself, but it would also provide me the tools work to work with other parents on these kinds of new ways of parenting that really we need in order to change our um, culture around how we raise our children and um, how we empower them in a way that creates, um, you know, or builds adults that will um, be caring uh, or be caring adults for this world. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I kind of found myself um, pursuing this um, coaching training where I was obviously first coached myself and then became a certified parenting coach. And then, you know, started walking into that direction and worked with um, parents all over the world. And um, last year, uh, the opportunity to work with uh, Cornell Cooperative Extension, which is an extension of Cornell University that um, is uh, bringing research or the latest research to the communities through parenting education and many other things. Mm. Um, that's how I kind of became or uh, started this, this role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and for those of um, people who might be listening who are maybe wondering like what kinds of parenting practices you might be talking about when you talk about peaceful parenting and a new approach to parenting your children, maybe it'd be good, Yoko, if you just told us a, you know, a little bit about what that entails or what it might entail, just to give yeah. people an idea of where you're working what you're working Absolutely, with. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, most of us um, or many of us really are very familiar with the parenting style that we call like an authorita- authoritarian parenting style or, you know, a um, parenting style that um, we would in, 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 you know, that a researcher um, called Colorosa, she termed as um, brick wall parenting. So mm-hmm. what that means is the kind of my word counts, you do what I say, because I say so and um, that also uses you know consequences and punishment in Mm -hmm. order to get the children to um, really behave and cooperate Mm -hmm. now um, in that parenting style really it's kind of intrinsic that you believe you have to um, quote unquote socialize the children because um, without you doing that they will become unsocialized and they're just you know spoiled brats Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always knew that um, there's so much more to us. We each, every child, every person, every human being really brings their very own gifts mm-hmm. um, with them. And in order to bring that out, we have to give them space. Not everybody can follow the same rules. And if you just um, tell everybody to do what they need to do, otherwise they will be punished, then. Um, there is very little chance for them to really unfold their potential. Mm. So a peaceful parenting style or, you know, maybe um, as you could call it also a backbone parenting style is really a parenting style that is loving and firm um, and that at the same time really strives for connection. So Mm -hmm. you're trying in, um, you know, every interaction with the child or as much as possible to really strive for that connection, looking for, you know, what is he or she really expressing and um, how can you help them? So that also, you know, every child, so that means that um, the children, the reason why children behave the way they do is because they either have a really big feeling Mm -hmm. or they're trying to meet a need. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with the toddler, they might for the first time have really big feelings yeah. <laughs> about what, you know, um, they want to have and do themselves. And they may have a really big reaction to that feeling, which yeah. you know, sometimes can result in a tantrum. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is here to really help the child to have that feeling and to learn to self-regulate yeah. and to help them meet their needs in a healthy way. So um, I, I have tantrums at the moment and I've been, uh, I've kind of been trying to do this, but without your, you know, training. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear what you recommend to parents in that um uh, who who are facing you know maybe maybe that kind of um sort of yeah or whatever you know what what kind of um techniques you or, or practices you recommend one thing i quickly want to add here is that um this and i will definitely answer your question in a minute mm. um but um you know so with this parenting style too Um, It means that, you know, you're not necessarily or the consequences that you are using have to be logical and natural and the, you know, more brick wall parenting um, style consequences are oftentimes not necessarily logical and they're really, you know, to punish somebody. Yeah. And, And what happens during that whole period is that, you know, in these first few years, we are forming or shaping a belief system that we all grow up with. So how we think and feel about the world and about ourselves is really shaped during those years. Um, There's plasticity in the brain, so it can always be changed later. But, you know, those are the kind of tracks that you're laying down. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's really important to take seriously what is going on so you can help um, that child self-regulate and so when you know you're experiencing a kind of a tantrum or a situation like this there's a kind of a five-step process that I often teach and it's mm-hmm. called um, the peace process mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the first you know the P stands for uh, pay attention and mm-hmm. here you want to pay attention to the situation and really be kind of the note taker of what's going on what was just the situation that happened before you know was I on the phone for two hours or for yeah. you know a little while and um, maybe my child didn't have food or is um, you know has been inside the house all day and you yeah. know is, is trying to get out so really paying attention with no judgment or evaluation just noticing you know aha mm-hmm, this is what's happening kind of that witnessing mm-hmm. okay these are the situations and then the e stands for every child's feelings and needs so here you want to look at what uh, feeling might the child be having okay he's really frustrated right now mm-hmm. he's so frustrated and um, what does he need he needs to have movement Um, He needs to exercise his muscles and he's trying to get out and he's frustrated because I told him three times, you know, sit down or play with this or, you know, whatever the situation Mm -hmm. is. And then the A, and that's a really critical part and oftentimes a big aha moment for parents is allow for self-empathy. So, you know, parenting is hard and there's no magic pill or anything that is going to make it easier. Um, it's just that you, you, you know, so you have to acknowledge your own feelings to yourself. If you try to swallow them, they will come out in other ways by, you know, being very reactive or overreacting to small situations like a spilled yeah. juice or something. 
So, you know, you want to get yourself allowed for self-empathy and you tell yourself, wow, this is really hard. Or I really don't want to do this. You know, why do I have to clean this up now? Or, <laughs> you know, just yeah. really expressing this is like, this sucks. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's that kind of step. And then the next step is to um, allow, um, a, a care, that's the C, care with empathy. So then you want to care with the child, you know, respond to the child like, wow, I see you're really frustrated and you're running up and down. Hmm. I wonder if you would like to go for a run outside right now. Or, yeah. you know, I wonder, are you thirsty? Or um, are you sad? You know, you're trying to find out or verbalize what's going on for the child inside. And you may be totally wrong, but you will get a response that may help, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of process mm -hmm. and then the e is the last step and i'm totally breezing through this but this is then where you want to explore solutions together so um you know you where you are giving the child as parents we want to fix the situation for our children all the time really quickly and but what we're doing in that process is we're robbing them of a wonderful experience of how to learn how to self-regulate and granted you may not be able to do this in every moment but especially when there are big, big moments or big situations big meltdowns or something those are really great learning experience experiences for everyone so um that's when you say hmm you know i have to finish something right here i wonder can you sit next to me and you know get your shoes on and then we get out or you know try to really explore what do you think we can do and obviously yeah. this requires the child's already verbal but even if they're not you know you can really be very playful with them so at yeah. what point um should someone or should a parent get the parent education that's a super great question <laughs> and a lot of times parents think well i'm not a bad parent i don't need to take parenting education or you know um ah well i can you know do this on my own i really tell every parent that parenting education is self-care you are helping yourself with tools and learning ways to really address situations that will feel much better for you inside and that will feel better for your child inside. And with that, you are really building a very strong connection, which is a connection that you can have with your child for the, it, their entire lives. And the skills that you're teaching them will be skills that they will teach their children and so forth and so forth and so forth. So it really becomes a whole, um, you know, model in my view for world change <laughs> because you are really wanting to create people who have, um, you know, empathy and um, who are able to create cultures of dignity and respect. And so really any time, really early on is when you recommend. <laughs> Um, yes, but I also say it's never too late mm -hmm. because, you know, um, even when maybe the relationship isn't great and, um, you know, in the teenage years or whatever, and parents say, well, now I already, you know, messed up or something. No, you can always reconnect. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yes, but, you know, to answer the question in that way, it's not just in crisis moments, it's really in any moment and it's to you know to do something in a way that uh, feels good and and uh, that really means caring for yourself you're taking yourself seriously you want to do what you're doing you know as best as you can so you'll get 
yourself some tools and maybe it feels awkward in the beginning but um the results are just miraculous and uh, so uh, a child is almost brought up by you know the whole society <laughs> yes and it used to be that way but now it's more when i talk about society i'm talking about you know the grandparents the uncles the aunties and, and so on you know that mm. her family is involved in raising a child so in in that when it comes to giving out the parental education then um is it just first of all have you ever experienced something like that and then second is it just the parents who are getting that education or then it's extended to even whoever that's involved in that child's life yeah yeah so i i totally get it yeah um so one is that and i think what i'm hearing you say is that you know maybe um if i mean no child anywhere is simply raised by just their you know parents or one the main caregivers because they interact with you know whether it is with their extended families or their villages or um, you know in their schools or their cities or wherever they live they uh, interact with society all the time and that is definitely um, those are experiences they're having that will shape them as well and they may be picking up um, you know lessons along the, not maybe for sure they will pick up lessons along the way and so one of the questions that a lot of parents have is that you know if one parent um, is perhaps not necessarily on board with that kind of parenting and the other one is or other family members are not doing the same thing then you know how am I going to work this and yes that is a challenge and it's a challenge because it really um, um, oftentimes uh, causes discussions that are very uncomfortable to be had between these family members but the thing is that um, you can only any person can really only change and influence what they do themselves and they can't control anyone else so you can only control what you do and if you decide that you want to raise your child um, with natural you know natural and logical consequences and not necessarily um, you know the the stick and the carrot then you are um, you may be um, you may be alone in that situation but by being that example and modeling that for your child your child will learn from you and they will take an important lesson from you so you don't need to have everybody on board with you mm. um, you just need to know that you know why you're doing what you're doing and and be uh, you know and and stay with that and be okay with it and sometimes that requires discussion uh, discussions and uncomfortable situations and sometimes um, you just keep it to yourself. Sometimes there's no, you know, not the grounds for having these conversations. I can tell you from my own experience, my husband is from Ghana. I'm originally from Germany. And so obviously the parenting styles that we both grew up with and the environments in which we grew up were very different. And so are the ideas of how we think we need to raise our children today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, you know, our marriage and our, you know, co-parenting has really been a journey and still is a journey of learning, um, you know, equality, 
what is you know what does equality mean in our own relationship um you know does that that doesn't necessarily look like every body does 50 50 but you know how does equality how can both our voices be heard and so when it comes to parenting we've had a lot of conflict because um, you know, his, his um, ideas of parenting were much more, I would say, of a, you know, brick wall parenting, just because he wants to make sure the children grow up to be able to be successful. And so obviously, we both want that. But how do we come to kind of an understanding and, you know, still represent kind of one um, team um, toward the children? And so it's a journey. Um, it's not always pleasant, but it is really magical when you can have these conversations and learn so much more about each other because you're talking about, um, uh, you know, these different situations and what you think is the right thing and um, why you are doing the, something the way you are doing. And so, um, yeah, so it's really about, I, I think what I like so much about this this parenting journey and and what I have learned through peaceful parenting is that I've learned so much about myself. I've really learned or found my own voice. Mm. Um, you know, when I found myself yelling at my children so much as I shared in the beginning, it turned out it really wasn't the children's behavior. It was that I had, you know, a lot of anger toward my husband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, um, and I could realize, okay, it's not them misbehaving. It's because I had an argument two days ago and it's really hitting me now and I'm so frustrated. Mm. And so it helped me for, you know, um, confront and, and start having conversations with my husband that, like I said, weren't always comfortable, but they ultimately led us to become so much stronger in our partnership and also in um, you know who we each are and who we want to be so you know it's it's being a parent and parenting like that is as much a journey of you becoming as you are helping your children to become who they are um uh, another thing i was just uh, at the top of my head i was just thinking about it because um, most of the times everything negative that happens to a child it's always blamed on parenting what are your mm -hmm. views about that you know if a child turns out not the way that the society expected the child to turn out you know it's always blamed on parenting so um yeah and we oftentimes do that right so when we go into this journey of you know self-discovery we go back into our own childhood and say all of the things that went wrong and it's important to look at your own upbringing and so forth but Ultimately, um, I think it's really important to come to a point of forgiveness um, about, um, so this is when you're an adult and you are self-reflected, I would say, um, mm. where you can say that, okay, you know, my parents knew what they knew at that moment and they had the very best intentions, even if that meant that I had to take a really hard or horrible beating. And even if that meant that actions were taking place that were really awful and that have traumatized me. Um, so it's important to come to a place where you can say that, you know, the intention behind that and the knowledge that was there and their own histories is what made them take these actions. It's not me.
So, you know, um, I don't know. I love Katie Byron. I don't know if you've, um, you either one is familiar or the listeners, but she is um, someone who, who uh, sorry, Byron Katie, not Katie Byron. So she, you know, asks these questions where you can say, um, you know, whatever the belief is or the experience or, or that you're having, you ask yourself, is it really true? And then you really shake it and say, how can I know that it's really, really true? You know, when you say, my parents hated me, they beat me all the time. I'm just making it up. Is it really true that they hated me? How can I know it's really, really true? And in most beliefs or experiences, you will come to the point where you realize that actually I don't have, you know, clear cut evidence for that it's really, really true. And maybe sometimes you do for, you know, for a certain situation, but then you will find that, you know, but it isn't actually true. It's not who you really are. And so when you realize that you can begin to let go of these experiences and then look at what is it that you think about yourself. So ultimately what you're doing in this, and this is what, um, you know, is also with the parenting or when you're blaming, you know, always the parents is really about, what belief system have you developed and what do you so what how do you believe about yourself and the world and then the question is how can you shift that belief system to a belief system that supports your full potential so this is you know really when you do this work from the inside you know you blaming somebody from the outside i think isn't always just possible i mean you, you can't say, oh, you know, this person had a horrible experience. Everyone still has their own agency to make decisions for themselves. Mm. And, you know, that's really what you want to do. But I do think that a lot of the conflict that we see in the world today is a result of, um, you know, upbringings that aren't necessarily promoting the positive development in the child. And so, therefore, I think we are still lacking the, you know, social skills and empathy skills and skills to connect with one another um, in order to really form, you know, healthy cultures. And I think you can see this here in America very much alive at the moment. So I was going to come on to ask you, Yudika, like, what motivates you to keep going with this work? Because it sounds like it challenges you personally as well as... um as well as it, you know being challenging in terms of your work with other parents so I'm interested in and you're speaking to it a bit but maybe yes. we can kind of expand yeah. that that point a bit absolutely so um really one of course is for my own children mm-hmm. I want to be the you know the kind of the best parent I can be and I want to help them unfold you know am I perfect no by no means am I perfect but I'm striving to you know do better or to do my best at that moment and that's really the more I learn the more I can do things better so definitely that's one thing the other part is really that um you know my children obviously me from Germany my husband from Ghana um they're mixed and um so I have been confronted um with you know what it means to grow up in the United States or to live in the United States when you are a person of color Mm. Uh, or confronted I've experienced it from a different perspective and you know yes living side by side with my husband is one thing but the other thing is really when your children come home and share with you the kinds of comments they hear from other kids Mm. 
And, you know, apart from the fact that, you know, it wants you to take a trip to the moon real quick, but um, it really highlights the need for us to build these cultures of dignity and respect. And the only way, in my view, that we can do this is we start from early on. So by helping parents, you know, um, see the, their own, um, you know, positive, uh, uh, their own potential and also how they can help their own kids to get that out um, by forming connections and really becoming aware and empathetic to their children and their worlds. I feel you can really make a big difference. So that's kind of my mission. And mm. ever since I've started, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, and it's interesting how you connect it to bigger problems. And I think it's something that I maybe hadn't thought about that much before I became a parent. But um, there are all these choices about how we do things when we do become parents, if we become parents. And it's kind of a minefield in the beginning. <laughs> yes. But I, I definitely also have this sense of wanting to parent in a way that can yeah be 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 um connective and enabling and i guess positive is you know and and kind of um this whole point that you make about um acknowledging needs and feelings feels like a really big deal when you look at how parenting has been done by many cultures and people in the world with, with that kind of what did you call that carrot and stick you know it's like don't do that don't do that you, we don't do that don't do this don't. you know there's so much sort of negativity and uh, and push pushing back on children that's quite common in in many places in the world and so yeah I really feel like it's a transformative thing to do to even think about doing things differently so it's um yeah. it's exciting what you're doing yeah and you know i think also so many change makers you know we're trying to make change and when we go and we interact with other adults we are making these changes but when we go back to our homes we revert to parenting models that are really supporting what we're trying to change in society yeah and so that's that's the key and um you know it's that it really means you have to be the change you wish to see in the world and you have to be that everywhere in your life yeah and not yeah. just compartmentalize in the you know work that you do or you know in certain circles you have to do that everywhere and so for me it's also become a process of really becoming aligned with um my own you know personal values and um hopes and dreams and trying to really yeah integrate all of that in a way that it also then sustains me at a different level so i was going to ask you about um your greatest achievement is there something along this journey of um have, becoming a parenting educator and and thinking all these things through that's really felt like you know a big achievement or success for you it could be personal or, or, or professional or whatever that is you know, I was thinking about that and I don't think I have anything that I would say is the biggest achievement, but I have a lot of really small achievements. Mm. So, you know, and those are the moments that I, I think really define your path. 
So, you know, I remember when I first started using this peace process that I was laying out before and my middle daughter, who's really my super cute uh, firecracker <laughs> and super energetic firecracker who really challenges me and continues to challenge me in ways that are really um yeah, pushing me open. Mm. Um, she, when I was first practicing that five-step peace process, you know, and it actually worked. And I was able to reestablish a connection with her when she had completely shut down and, mm. you know, retrieved into a corner of a room where she was, and she was being very distractive right before then and violent actually against mm. her siblings. Mm. And I was able to, um, you know, establish that connection and the whole peace process worked. And from then after, she never, ever acted in those ways again. And, you know, so there were um, many moments like that where suddenly you were like, oh, my God, I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you just have a little breakthrough and it doesn't change the world on the outside. It doesn't make headlines or give you a raise or, you know, a medal. But ultimately i think those are really the biggest achievements these little ones that happen just somewhere where no one else is watching <laughs> yeah but it's uh, but it mm, could change yeah. so much for your kids yeah. and so how can they get your courses do you do it online or is it, for now it's just a, a you know a face-to-face -face interaction yeah um at the moment it's mostly face-to-face -face interaction but i am uh, very open to speaking with people who have questions. Um, you can, you know, reach me via email. My best email is probably um, JV, as in Victor, um, and then the number is 426 at cornell.edu. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me, um, just, you know, in, in order to provide um, either, you know, direct response or um, to give some direction. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I hope that I can work a whole lot more online as well. Mm -hmm. But um, at the moment, I just um, this I am working at my capacity, and that is you know where I'm at. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure, okay. sure. Yeah. And are there are there other resources? Maybe you could um, we could talk about it afterwards. But are there other resources that people could look at if they're particularly interested, like online, that maybe you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you Google peaceful parenting mm -hmm. or, um, you know, you will find a lot of resources there. Okay. Uh, awesome podcasts that I listen to um, all the time still. Mm -hmm. um, those, you know, and then, of course, there's a ton of research and so forth. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it'd be hard to list it all here. So, sure. Sure, <laughs> so I was, yeah, I'm, sure. Yeah, I'm happy to, you know, send some that you might be able to leave. Yeah, to, maybe so. just a few that we could share with people on the page um, when we put the podcast up, just as a starting point, I guess, for yeah. further investigation, because I think um, this might spark in some of our listeners, you know, some, some interest to follow up and, and find out more. And like you said, that ton of research, um, it, what does it point towards, basically, that well tell us tell us <laughs> yeah yeah so a lot of the longitudinal studies that we mm -hmm. now see really point towards the fact that rewards and punishment don't work <laughs> yeah they um work in the short term yes 
Yeah. Um, you know, and spanking works in the short term or in that moment. But the fact that you have to spank again and that you have to punish again and again and again shows that it's not working. Yeah. And so the best way really is um, to work in the manner that I said. And that's where you see um, a whole lot less you know, uh, substance abuse, you see less um, violent relationships, you see um, just a whole lot more of, you know, healthy behaviors. It's very fascinating. Yeah. And I think so often we um, find ourselves parenting in the way we've been parented, like, so, so my, just, just, you know, my parents um, were probably, um did a bit of both I would say so I definitely didn't have um a pet and maybe they did quite a lot of more of the peaceful type of parenting but they still hear myself sometimes when I'm with my son I hear these things in my head that that they're my parents because it's so ingrained in you right and that's that happens for many of us maybe everyone it's like you suddenly hear your mother or your father's voice and you know when you're speaking something to your child it's amazing how that is in there even though you've not heard it in you know two or three decades yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> Absolutely. yeah totally and you know the thing too is that we have so much brain research that is available today that really is you know 10 15 years old i mean 15 years ago we didn't research female brains because you know women were considered instable because they had periods right yeah and so now we have so much more you know access to research and to brain research in particular that is really really helpful when it comes to parenting or really shifting any kind of um you know dynamics or models that we live with that aren't necessarily serving us in the best way yeah absolutely um Let's ask you, but before we let you go, you look about how you look after yourself. And I know that you said that to some extent, peaceful parenting is is a way of looking after yourself. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I can tell you, if I do not stick to my physical movement, and you know, for me, that's running, mm. um, and my meditation or some kind of um, you know contemplative time in the day yeah i am not the same kind of person and so those are things that i really need to do but then you know i have like little rituals and it sounds maybe really funny but (laughs) you know i um do a mouthwash with coconut oil every day (laughs) and it takes time so the whole thing is that if i don't take that time i'm not giving myself the message that i count yeah. So, you know, every time I do those things and I really think it doesn't matter what it is, you know, you determine what's important for you and what it means to take care for yourself. But um, yep. those are the kind of little things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing with feeding myself. You know, if I eat foods that are not necessarily serving me I, and I'm not f- feeling well, it's, you know, oftentimes means I'm not spending the time and I'm giving myself the message. I'm not that important. Everybody else is first. And, you know, that usually leads to frustration and me at some point yelling at my kids, even though they had nothing to do with the fact that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I didn't eat well. So those are the kinds of things. Um, I'm still working on that the most, but really my physical movement and, you know, meditation in the morning first thing is the thing that keep me going interesting i just wanted to ask um one piece of advice that you always give out to parents 
So the biggest piece I would say is that um, the way we talk to ourselves inside of our heads is usually, I mean, we are our own worst abusers. And that's the stuff we have to get to um, first thing. <laughs> we have to get to our own self-talk and change that negative self-talk and chastising and you know, putting ourselves down for failing or for not doing things right first. So the way we want to care for our children is how we have to care for ourselves in our heads first. Mm-hmm. And then we can really make the room to open up to everyone else. Beautiful. And I think it's really true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much okay. for coming Thank on you. the show, Yulika. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting oh. to hear yeah. about your work. And um, I'm sure some of our listeners will be interested in following up. So we'll, we'll, we'll find some links to put on the page where the podcast is listed on jidaze.com. Thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us and all the best with your work too. And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com.